What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discuss the NFL. We talk about a long discussion about Baker Mayfield. And does he have a legitimate gripe? And other situations that are going on in the NFL. We touch on the NBA and the Lakers. So make sure you guys turn in and also tune in to this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today is April 14th, 2022. The April showers is trying to bring some May flowers. It's getting a little bit warmer outside. I actually had to open the windows to my crib to let the winter stink out, you know what I'm saying? Because he had the windows closed all winter long. Got to let some fresh air in. Fellas, what's good? What's going on? Yeah, it was another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Shout outs to my favorite fret, I I T. Ah, in Ole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about to say that. What's going on, everybody out there in live? Uh, it is warm outside. It's just a great day to enjoy the weather. Um, but now it's going to get a lot colder. So enjoy it while you can. True. Oh, yeah. My attic fan came on for two days straight. <laughs> it's a little warm up there. <laughs> it's very warm up there. It's set for 90 degrees. So when it hit 90, that thing kicked right on. <laughs> oh, man. So, fellas, oh, wow. I know we missed last week. You know, we were, I was on assignment. He was under the weather. And I was just playing video games. But, you know, it, it just is what it is. Come on, man. I, I was under the weather. I was really just load managing, but we <laughs> <laughs> getting ready for the plane. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so where do we even begin? Uh do we want to start with the NBA? Do we want to start the NFL? You know, you guys just let me know. We could just kind of go. Guys, I'm very interested in the NFL and want to talk about what's going on. So I'm right. right. talking about that. Okay, so uh, the biggest news right now is our boy Baker Mayfield went on a podcast and talked about his uh, his level of uh, how he feels about his level of disrespect being that Cleveland went in there and said one thing and then uh, ultimately landed Deshaun Watson, and now he's just kind of hanging in limbo. Does he have a legitimate gripe? Uh, what's y'all What's y'all take on that? Go ahead, Al. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all jokes aside, um, he does have a legitimate right at this stage. And quite frankly, at this point, you got nothing to lose at this stage. I mean, it's not like he can compete with the starting job at this point. And the way that things are with management, I think that it's it's almost, it, if it continues, unfortunately, it's going to be almost like the Philly Ben Simmons type thing um in a case so i'm not mad at what he did to be honest i mean it's he's been i mean basically they haven't done anything in regards to requesting i mean for him to be traded or anything like that they still keeping them in limbo whether they are or not it's really up to them but my point is is that at this stage of the game what can he do so um 
he should be voicing his opinion. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it um, at this stage because it's just him expressing himself. But like I said, that's just my opinion on it. Um, I'm not saying that it's not warranted if the Browns didn't want them, obviously don't want him to be, you know, they feel as though that they had to trade for Deshaun Watson. So it's a business, understand. But they also have to understand that, of course, he's going to be in his feelings in regards to it. So I really don't have a problem with him voicing this opinion at this stage. Yeah, uh, and I agree. He does He does have a gripe. Um, was his play well over the last couple of years? No, not necessarily. He has some flashes of brilliance, but he also has some poor play. However, did he did he was he in a put in a good situation where he was set to succeed? Not all the way through. I mean, he had four different, you know, offensive coordinators every year he was there, a revolving door of coaches. Uh one coach didn't really necessarily like him, um, or probably two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after this season when he played, which he probably shouldn't have played, he probably should have just sat out the rest of the season and and, mm-hmm. and healed up. But when he got out there and played on the field, it didn't look good. So everyone is ignoring his injury, which is a legit, which is a legit injury. But his play, you know, when not injured, didn't give him any cover. So, like I said, was his play overall good the last couple of years? No. However, the Cleveland Browns do not have a good track record of having quarterbacks to begin with. And prior to Baker Mayfield, I can't even go through the litany of bad quarterbacks they had getting up to him. First thing that comes to mind is Tim Couch. I don't even say any more outside of that. Mm, true. So uh, Baker Mayfield, no matter how you slice it, has probably been their one of their more better quarterbacks over the last 15 to 20 years. Prior, the last quarterback I could think that was good was Bernie Kozar. And that was what? <laughs> wow. You know, <laughs> 80s to early 90s. Yes. Wow. So... All these people excoriating Baker Mayfield, you guys have been in quarterback purgatory for the last 25 years. Hey, now, they, they, they wanted Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield. That's what they wanted. True. Yeah. So so now we get to this season. So did he bishop come on and complain about wanting to be traded? Yeah. But he had a good reason because he smelled the tea leaves. He saw what happened. They gave $230 million to a quarterback that didn't even play last year and has 23 civil cases, excuse me, 21 civil cases pinning over his head and just got, however you want to slice it, the prosecution didn't give enough evidence to get out of grand jury to go to trial. But you gave a guy that has all those issues a $230 million guaranteed payday. Hmm. And you don't think the man has some reason to be a little bit tight about that? Of course he does. Now, is he making his case any better by going on his YouTubes and saying what he's saying? Probably not well, but does he have a gripe to complain and reason to complain? You got damn right. For everybody that was saying he just shouldn't be grateful, the next week they got they got um um they got Watson. Mm-hmm. So what is it? On the one hand, you can't say that the man shouldn't be complaining and should be grateful for what's happened, and then the same respect, praising and clapping and doing all this because they got the Sean Watson. And then you're still excoriating the man for being salty about it. Anybody else in that same situation would be salty the same exact way. But I don't know what they're going to do with him. But like I said, did he play well? No. But in spite of all the circumstances that surrounded after the postseason, 
Did they have a right to bitch him on the complain? You damn too. I would too. Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, Baker probably, like you said, hurt himself a little bit, playing hurt, trying to be that team player, trying to say, let's push through. I know we got the talent. I know we got the, you know, the dudes here to try to make a run. And I, he may have hurt the team a little bit, but the defense didn't show up at all last year either. Mm-hmm. And that was their, you know, they they got Clowney for a reason. They figured with Clowney, Clowney addition and what they had, they figured they were going to be a top 10 or a top five defense. And then with Baker just trying to be Baker, you know, and they were banking on the Baker of, 20, of 2020 along with Clowney to kind of put them over the top. But when it didn't work, you know, Baker was sitting there playing through injury. Yeah, I commend the man. You know, you don't want to pick up his fifth year. You, you want to pick up his fifth year option. All right, cool. Do that. Hey, Baltimore's doing the same thing with Lamar. Obviously, Lamar's a little bit different. He's approaching in the, he's approaching things a little bit differently. He didn't have a hell of a good year in 2020 either, or 2021. But, you know, Baltimore is still putting all their eggs in the basket with Lamar. I think I think what they did was give Baker a pretty big chip on his shoulder. But anywhere he's going to go at this particular point is not going to be a good squad. And, you know, and I guess it's just going to be a point where he's on a show and prove type of contract, which which kind of sucks because I think he deserves one more season. But on the other hand, Cleveland is sitting there banking like, okay, if Deshaun gets hit by the NFL and he got to sit sit out six or eight games, oh, we got Baker. I hope like hell Baker plays like pure, unfiltered dog shit. And I know it's I, – I say that, and that's really jacked up because that will, that will totally destroy his trade value. So it's like he's in – he's you know, he's in a, like a catch-22, but I don't want him – I don't want the, I don't want Baker to sit there and put Cleveland in a position where if he's out, if Deshaun is out eight games and he takes him six and two, and then when Deshaun comes back, it's like, all right, bet we good, kick his ass to the curb, and let's put Deshaun in there. You know what I'm saying? And I have a strange feeling Cleveland and management, that's the route they're gonna go. And that's just totally messed up. But my question is, is that I mean, it's a different way. I think, and like I said, this is why I said about this whole thing, like the whole Philly Ben Simmons type of thing because it almost feels that way to an extent because now, you know, Baker has that opportunity to say, I mean, quite frankly, why should I play? I don't want to play. I'm just going to have to end up paying me or cut me. Um, mm-hmm. So like, it's, it, I think it's at that particular point that, quite frankly, Baker Mayfield may have all the tools in the trade for to get what he wants and he wants out of Cleveland. And like I said, the whole management of this is just like, that should have been, it should have left on good circumstances. But right now this is where we at with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, which is unfortunate. And I'm not, and like Swoop said, it's not that it wasn't, you know, Baker did do some things that, got to this position. So it wasn't like he was playing completely on an elite level, but I think overall it was mismanaged by both parts. At this age. 
Yeah, I think they uh, maybe Cleveland went in there trying to overplay their hand, thinking they could get a lot more for them, and then realized, you know, well, well, once they went to the Sean Watson route, you basically undercut your own, you know, leverage because now everybody knows you got to you got to move them, mm-hmm. um, and but you're not going to get what you want. So either you're going to have to cut them, which I think might be what they're going to do at the end of the day. Or you're going to have to trade them and take very <laughs> some serious pennies on the dollar of what you think you might get for him. Um, do I think he's ever going to play for the Cleveland Browns? He could, but I don't think he, he would. I think at this particular point, I think the bridge has been burned to the point that even if they said, you know, Deshaun Watson gets hit, let's say, six games next year and he can't play for half the season. So if Baker's still on the roster, they go to him and say, can you play? I'll be like, he probably won't play either he'd probably say just cut me <coughs> cut me and, and let me go or find a trade value and it's and it and it at this point whatever trade they're going to get they might get a fifth round for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep i completely agree because if they if they were to cut him quite frankly they really botched that whole thing up without question I mean, even though you do get rid of him, but you didn't get no value from in, in his return, a quarterback that at least got you to the point of where you are. So the best thing that they can do is get the best value in return. If they don't do that and they end up cutting him, I'm sorry. As much as they brought in Deshaun Watson, that was that would be, to, in my opinion, poor mismanagement by the Cleveland Browns. Oh, man, I just hope. I hope that they find a suitor. Um, either way, no matter where uh, Baker ends up going, he's going to have to compete for his third job. Because yeah. Houston is even looking at him like, we got a guy on our roster right now that was a rookie last year that didn't play half bad. And if you think that we're going to trade for you and think that you're going to get the job, nah. I think that's. I think ultimately that's what Houston is waiting on. I think Houston is waiting for them to get cut. So is Seattle, and so is a few other select teams. Mm-hmm. And they'll sit there and say, okay, we're just waiting because ultimately it's, it's almost cheaper for uh, for uh, Cleveland to sit there and cut Baker mm-hmm. and try to find somebody cheaper on on on, uh, on free agency or just to straight up just trade, uh, draft a, a QB in the, in the draft. And just put them on a very, very, very cheap contract, you know, to, to alleviate some uh, some cap space. But either way, Baker's just in a, in a real jacked up situation. I wish him the best. You know, what I'm saying it's not like he didn't sell himself out and played hurt and did everything he tried to do to help his team win. You know, so it's it's just real shitty on on Cleveland's part that they did him dirty like that. Let's keep it 100. If this is what you really want, trade me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? This. Oh, there's no love lost. I did what I tried. I tried to do what I could do. It didn't work out. Let's just split amicably and let's keep it moving. Exactly. Exactly. No, I completely agree. And that's one of the things that not only are you doing this in that realm, but you don't think that other free agents or players are looking at this in the same world, too, of how you manage the situation. It's all about how you manage. If you were to do something to the point where both parties agree, that's one thing. But when you do something like that to a player, you're really going to have a hard time trying to sell free agents to come to your team going forward when you have 
when they know that management will do something like this. So, I mean, you're best off ending off on good terms going forward, not just for your current roster, but for future free agents down the road. Because the best believe Baker Mayfield will talk about your team when he's on another team. Like, all jokes aside. Yeah, and um, and even if you think about it, you know, looking at, you know, Baker Mayfield, I mean, he has to think if he doesn't get, you know, put on by anybody come this year um, and he's not on a roster um, by the beginning of this season, he might get lucky if someone gets hurt and then there may be a position open for him. However, if he gets brought on by somebody uh, as, a, as a backup, which is probably the route he's going to go, you're looking at not this year's draft, but a lot of teams are kind of trying to position themselves for next year's draft, which is supposed to be a little bit more QB rich than this year is. So he's in a very tricky situation where if he doesn't find a team now, you might have some of those teams that might not be hard pressed to bring him on because he, if he comes on and does well, it might be costing them some, you know, draft positions where you're going to see a lot of teams trying to align themselves for next year that need a QB, aren't in need of it right now, but might be looking to the 2023 draft and seeing if there's going to be some decent ones, as they say, might be coming in that, in, in that draft class. If I were Baker and I had to relatively sit behind somebody, and think that I could take over a squad, it might sound crazy, but I wouldn't mind going to Tampa. Um, They got weapons. They got plenty of stuff around them, and they could really just tailor offense to say, hey, we don't need you to be, you know, uh, this Hercules and just try to carry this team. You know what I'm saying? You got tons of weapons here. Use all the weapons to your disposal. And let's just gradually take you from, you know, more than just a game manager than, you know, than to be a, a really smart QB. That wouldn't be a bad place for him to sit to be and honest, learn for a year. That's, to be honest, that would be a good pickup for Tampa Bay mm-hmm. in general because now you're investing in someone in the future that can actually learn from Tom Brady when he eventually retires. That would be an actual smart move if Tampa Bay can pull it off. And you see what quarterbacks that's been under Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay, but under Tom Brady, how they've managed to come out from the shadow and do pretty well, except except for Matt Castle. You know, he was just he was just straight bum. But no, nah, no, nah, hold up, you gotta give Matt Castle a little bit of credit. Now. No, no, he went to Kansas City with some pure shit. <laughs> 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 I mean, but you gotta give him at least some. I give, I give him some credit when he, you know, when he came in and relieved Tom Brady in New England. Exactly, exactly. Yes, but I, that's my whole thing about this whole New England at that time, assistant quarterbacks. Gotcha. Because outside of San Francisco, that gave any post backup Tom Brady quarterback that went somewhere else an opportunity. Jimmy G and Matt Castle, the only two quarterbacks that ever had an opportunity. Think about uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Uh, think about uh, who else? Um, well, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Jimmy G, and Castle. I think that was the only three. I I think. Yep. Uh, 
And Jacoby Brissett didn't get – he didn't do bad in Indianapolis. They just didn't have faith in him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like now he's just a journeyman, a damn QB his damn self. And who knows where the hell Matt Castle is. Probably sitting somewhere in somebody's practice squad just collecting a check. Which I ain't mad. <laughs> Not mad at that at all. Nah. So, I mean – I, I truly hope that, you know, uh, Baker gets something in because I like Baker. I like Baker's mentality. I, you know, he has a gun. So he kind of reminds me of a young Brett Favre, but just doesn't have the Brett Favre-esque about him that wins games. You know, he's just he's just an average type of Brett Favre where Brett Favre was, was elite, but he just was a damn gunslinger. So he was the New York Jets Brett Favre. Uh, <laughs> depends on what year. That, that first year, the New York Jets, Brett Favre was pretty darn good. Yes, yes. That's, that's where I'm coming from. Yes, the second year, Brett Favre was some trash. But that first year, <laughs> but then he went to Minnesota, was pretty damn good the first year in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, he, he's just getting the raw end of the stick right now. Yeah, I think he, he definitely needs a, a, a fresh start somewhere where a more stable – um, you know, a, a more stable organization, coaching staff, um, some decent weapons around him. And I think he, he, in my opinion, he's still a good QB. I think the Cleveland situation is just bad, has been bad. There is no stability. Um, and there was, like I said, a revolving door of, you know, offensive coordinators and, and coaches. Um, so Deshaun Watson, I'm glad you're getting, you want to get all your money. But be very aware, man. You're in Cleveland. You could have ended up in Atlanta, or you could have ended up in Saint in in um, New Orleans. A little bit more stable organizations, but you went for the bag in Cleveland. God bless you and good luck. They <laughs> will let you know about it if you stink up the joint. Actually, and and now that you mention Atlanta, Atlanta wouldn't be a bad place for Baker to sit either. Under Matt Ryan, that he's a he's Matt Ryan is not there no more. Oh, yeah, he got traded to uh, Colts. Right. So he could have that opportunity in Atlanta because they don't have anybody as well, even though I have a feeling they're going to draft a quarterback. but I They think will, but, I mean, you would still I – mean, why wouldn't you want to take Baker and his experience and then, you know, if he's shitty for six games, then bring the rookie in. Do that as well. So there is some, there is some teams out there that is in need of Baker's services. Um, but, I, but I wonder why he singularly, singularly uh, singled out Seattle as a place where he feels as though he's going to go. I guess that's where he and his agent are sitting there trying to talk some stuff out. That's, but that's how you put it out there. Like that's we're singling out one particular team that we would like to go to. But in retrospect, when uh, when Russ was traded to Denver, they uh, they picked up the QB and Noah Fant. Yeah, and some Drake and some tra- um some tight end. Uh, yeah, fan is a tight end. I forget the uh the quarterback's name. Um, but they just recently just signed Gino. So I don't see. I'm not saying they couldn't bring Baker in, but I would think that they will probably want to bring in a rookie. And just kind of run because if you're going to be crappy, because ultimately I think Seattle's going to end up trading D, uh, DK Metcalf. And I think they're going to just go through a rebuild. 
it, it just don't make sense to have a high price wide receiver on your squad and not have the quarterback to match the receiver. So I think DK is gone probably before the before the beginning of the season. Unless they trust the quarterback that they are going with. And out of the quarterbacks that got there, I don't know if they trust any of them. <laughs> hey, they give they given Geno an opportunity. You know, like for example, Geno on that Monday night game when he came in and he threw that pick at the end of the game, and everybody was crucifying him, saying that you know he, he's typical Geno, but the, the the wide receiver fell down. And Geno pretty much put the ball where the wide receiver should have been if the wide receiver didn't fall down. But people don't see that. You know what I'm saying? They just see it's this typical Geno throwing interceptions. Um, but then it's the same thing with the quarterback that they just got from uh from Denver. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they got two two like-minded quarterbacks. But my thing is if you're going down this route where you got two cheap quarterbacks, it makes no sense to sit there and pick up a baker. Why not just draft one and just kind of rebuild? Yeah, might as well. I mean, they did pretty well when they drafted uh, uh, Russell Wilson. So they got high for talent. Which is one of the things that we're talking about. Seattle might be um, in the mix for trying to trade up because, I mean, all you have is Geno Smith, Drew Locke, and Jacob Eason. And I agree. If you're going to full rebuild, um, the best asset that you have to acquire picks um, would be DK Metcalf. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be one of his services. So you can trade a DK Metcalf and, you know, to move, you know, and your first round pick to move up to get a higher pick. Maybe you go after, you know, the kid uh, Malik out of Liberty or, you know, oh, no, that's one the, of the other going, cats. He's going to the Giants. Hmm? He's going to the Giants. Malik, uh, Malik Willis, he's going to the Giants. I, I claimed that long time ago. <laughs> you keep claiming that, but he ain't going to the Giants the first round. I'll tell you that. So what happens if he goes to the Giants in the first round? <laughs> I know exactly why you want him to go to the first you, round. You kind of put it out there. You kind of put it out there. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, there's a certain somebody I just love to just torment and just. <laughs> you have to be honest, smooth. Like the Giants are known to p- take picks that are extra out of the ordinary in the first round. They have I, a lot more holes to they have a lot more holes to fill than QB at this moment. My guess is is that they have two picks in the first round. I can see them trading down one of those picks to get a first round next year and some draft capital to be able to go after a quarterback next year after the one year with the new coaching staff to seeing if they can't get anything out of Daniel Jones. Do you think they're going to be able to get something out of Daniel Jones, man? I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction that Tyrod Taylor will be starting by week six. That's <laughs> not, not a bad money bet. <laughs> uh, but I, I, what I'm just saying is, is that the Giants, you know, they have known to make a little bit of head scratching noise in the first round. So that is true. We'll have to see what these, you know, what the new regime ha- has in place. But I, I, I'm with you, Ace, that the Giants probably going to go for a new QB because um, I don't think the faith in Dane Jones is a little bit mixed. But they have a lot more holes to fill right now. And the QB is not top priority at the moment. 
But I guess my question would be, you know, if we're just now we're, we're transitioning to the Giants. I mean, yes, they need an offensive lineman badly. Uh, I'm assuming they need a tackle. Um, but don't they have two top 12 picks? They have the fifth and they have the seventh. Oh, two top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. So they can still sit there and take the fifth pick. They can trade the seventh the seventh pick to be a lower first round pick and still and there's still the possibility that a Malik Willis could be still there. I doubt that highly. There's a couple of teams that need quarterbacks that have already been on the record saying they're sniffing out Malik Willis. I'll be I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it out if he makes it out the top ten I'll be surprised. It wouldn't shock me, man. I think that the Giants need some mobility. And, and you know what's crazy is David Jones got wheels. That's the crazy thing about it. He got wheels. The band just can't hold on to the ball to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the reincarnation of Eli Manning. <laughs> uh, well, at least at least he got wheels. You know what I'm saying? Eli is this about his left foot is uh, his brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see... <sighs> yes, they have, they have Malik Willis, um, so they could go to Atlanta with the eighth pick. You know what I want to. You know what I want to say. Just to, to, to take it back about free agent quarterbacks, I have a strange, strange premonition in my gut that Seattle will not trade or pick up Baker. I think they'll take a flyer on Colin, uh, Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Because they can pick him up on the low low. <laughs> True. Because all he's talking about is this: I just want a shot. So you just want a shot. We can give you a, a, a three or four million dollar contract. You know Baker is going to sit there and want ten plus easily, just because of his track record and where he is, considering what he could earn in his fifth year option being a top pick in the NFL draft. You could probably get a Colin Kaepernick for less than what they signed Gino. They got Gino for one year for seven mil. You're talking about you could probably get uh, Colin for like five, maybe even four. And why not? If it don't work out, cut it. <laughs> but they can't say they didn't give him the opportunity. Yeah. I think that all teams at this point should look at every aspect of the QB situation. Um, not just Seattle, but um, like you said, I think Seattle would give them that opportunity. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it as well. To be honest, the more that just the more it sounds, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it because I could see them taking that flyer. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? Not a thing. Hell, I could see Houston doing it. Hell, I could see Atlanta doing it. <laughs> There's quite a few teams that can sit there and just say, well, just take a flyer on them and just see what happens. I can't see Houston doing it. Why not? Who they got on? Who who's on their roster? Not that who they got on their roster. They just they just. Oh, you mean with all the legal stuff? Yeah, with, uh, yeah. They just ended all of that drama with Deshaun Watson. I just can't see them going back into the fire with Colin Kaepernick. At least from the Houston standpoint. Now, any other team, like I, I definitely would agree with. But mm-hmm. I, I think Houston is like at this point. We just want to clean up what we our image right now and focus on the players that we have to play football and not have all this drama, um, so to speak, all around again. 
because they had it all year with um Deshaun Watson. And then they would bring in Colin Kaepernick and just be another minute, just another part of drama um, with all the talk about Colin Kaepernick going forward. I don't think Houston will want that. Well, hell, why not? Well, then why don't Cleveland just go for the for the for the for the double? You know, what I'm saying pick up pick up Colin too. What's the worst <laughs> thing that happen? <laughs> Drop Baker, pick up Colin. You figure much this this year is going to be a, a wash if Baker's going to sit there and have to play anyway because you don't think he's going to win you. Four or four out of six games if he gets uh if he gets uh suspended. Deshaun. Why not? I think Cleveland is like we got one um <laughs> one um player QB that has enough drama as is. We don't need to. Shiny. We got Deshaun Watson. We don't need Colin Kaepernick to have you the fire. Well, uh, well, uh, well. I, I would hope someone would at least, you know, give him a, a legit option. Just bring him in a training camp. Yeah, see what happens. I agree. I agree. Uh so I mean, we that was a very robust discussion about the NFL. <laughs> is there? Is there? I know we were talking quarterbacks. Um, is there anything else that you that you feel as though is right there as far as uh, NFL conversation? Uh, uh, I think Derek Carr got his extension. Oh, yes. Well-deserved. They still don't got no trust in his ass giving him three years, but, you know, well-deserved. <laughs> they gave him a no-trade clause. I don't know what the heck was what was up with that, but I that guess. Was interesting. That was definitely interesting. Well, what I didn't realize was that him and um, – oh, what the hell is the word wide receiver's name? Devontae. Uh, Devontae Adams, yeah. They, they, they were college teammates. Correct. Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize that at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they can recreate lightning in a bottle from when they were in college and really go to town. But, you know, yeah. they're not going to give up on Devontae Adams, but they, they damn sure willing to give up on Derek Carr. Yeah, I think that's – go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and it's not a bad move move for the um, move for the Raiders. I mean, I think when, once they gave the contract extension, all of the QBs that you might have been able to go after was were off the board. Um, so now you're in the AFC West. You know, you already got Patrick Mahomes. You already got, you know, Russell Wilson coming into the mix, um, Justin Herbert. So Derek Carr is still a good QB. Um, so you bring in Devontae Adams. You keep Derek Carr. I mean, you got to try to go, you know, you know, block for block with the guys in the AFC West. So I'm saying it, it, there was no other better option out there, in my opinion. So they gave him a contract extension and he can, and he can run with the big dogs. Yeah, I completely agree. There is no other co- quarterback available at this position. So you might as well hold on to Derek Carr while you had, I mean, to be honest, he hasn't done anything at this point that, you know, warranted for him to be either talk about or let go or anything like that. He's not on that Baker Mayfield level right now. He's done everything he's supposed to do at this particular point. Devontae Adams will only help that and improve that offense. So I think overall, I think the extension was well-deserved. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, hold up. Where, where did Mariota end up going to play uh, quarterback? Did he go to Atlanta? I think he went to Atlanta. Let's I, find out. I do believe he went to Atlanta. He is with Atlanta. 
Huh, okay. Okay. Well, that uh. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell. I mean, if Tannehill can sit there, you know, have his resurgence, I don't see why Tannehill can't. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, Mariota. Mariota didn't have his. Um, it's interesting that Philly is sitting put and not really making any any noise because they really want to sit there to see what they got at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I know they're itching. they just chomping at the bit to sit there and make a QB move to kind of solidify that room because I know they sit there and say that uh, – what the hell is the quarterback's name? Uh, Jalen. Jalen Hurts? Yeah, yeah. I know they sit there. They weren't fully committed to him last season. Yes, he kind of led them to the playoffs, but it wasn't just him that got him, you know, got Philly to the playoffs. But I'm surprised that they're really just like, all right, we're going to let Jalen just kind of do his thing this year and kind of see, as opposed to bringing in a QB uh, to kind of set the stage with him as a QB competition. Because let's let's be honest, you know, they're, I'm sure they're not totally thrilled that he's the quarterback, you know. Uh, he, I mean, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad either. You know, every organization wants a damn great quarterback. And nobody wants to sit there and nurture and mature a quarterback because it's a results-driven league. Uh, well, all right, so I got to ask this question. I mean, in, and I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, Smooth, since you're more in the Philadelphia area. Um, has – the eat, has the fans soured on Jalen Hurts? I mean, is it like half fifty-fifty uh, um, in that regard? No, they haven't soured on him. Um, they like him. They're not a hundred percent sold on him, but they like him enough where I think people are willing to give him, a, a, you know, another hey look. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Philly has three picks, you know, in the top fifteen. No. Three picks in the first round draft. I'm not sure if they're all in the top 15, but they do have three picks. Um, don't be surprised if they come off one or two of those picks to somebody to be able to make a maneuver to have a top round pick next year, just in case they set themselves up. If this year Jalen Hurts ends where he ends that last year, then I can see them deciding to move off of Jalen Hurts and want to go in a different direction. So they haven't soured on them, but I think the consensus is they're willing to give them one more year because, I mean, just to see if they really got what they got. Because he wasn't—he played up and down. Um, he did get into the playoffs, but the problem is his flaws are the flaws that were in his playoff loss. So, and those flaws are pretty much throughout the season. They were able to mask it a lot with him doing a lot more running. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you get into, like, you know, the playoffs, you're making a Super Bowl run, you got to throw that football. You yeah. can't run it all the darn time. You got to throw it. And Jalen Hurts is not accurate. He has a strong arm, but he's not accurate. So, you know, I think they want to give him and Devontae Smith another year of, you know, playing together and seeing how he works. But trust and believe if he – Gets him to the playoffs, and this is the first round exit, and his play is very iffy. They're going to be off on him. Hmm. And I, and like I said, I can see them maybe moving a pick or two 
to maneuver them to get them a first round pick next year to position themselves if they need to go up and get another QB, they'll be in a position next year if they want to get one. Yeah, they, they, what's the old saying? If you ain't got one, if you ain't got one QB, you ain't got two. <laughs> no, if you got two QBs, you ain't got. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> you know, so uh, very interesting. Uh, very interesting with this upcoming draft. I, I really, I'm really going to be sitting here and it's kind of really watching it this this year, just because I'm curious to see the wills and deals, especially where there's a lot of teams that don't have first-round picks, including my own Niners that don't have a first-round pick. But that's not the reason why I want to sit there and watch because obviously the Jets, the Giants, the Eagles, there's like there's quite a few teams that have like at least two yeah. in the first round. And I can honestly see – and a lot of those teams aren't necessarily bad per se. And I'm curious to see what kind of deals are going to take place to kind of – maneuver uh, uh, and, and, and kind of make some waves in this, this upcoming draft, you know, so. Oh yeah. That, uh, that, that, um, I have a feeling the first round is, or at least the very first 15 is going to have a lot of fireworks. Cause like you said, there's a lot of teams that don't have a first round pick. It's a lot of teams that have a lot of first round picks and mm -hmm. probably all of them don't necessarily need them. So like I said, the Eagles could could make a move and, and and trade up. The Jets might. The Giants, I think they're they're picking up the phone and trying to you know and, and getting some offers. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that first round shapes up. Yep, yep, yep. Well, speaking of which, we may and don't hold you guys as breath out there in. Uh, podcast land but we may try to broadcast during the draft that will be some interesting commentary <laughs> to watch and talk at the same time <clears throat> be some new uh new territory for us it's uh very interesting that would be that would be kind of hot <laughs> that would be we tough. gotta try to we gotta try to recreate the nfl chime <laughs> <laughs> the next pick as we're sitting there watching it, and you're learning it just like we're learning it. <laughs> we have no insider. <laughs> oh, uh, since we're still on the NFL, I, I do want to take some time to send my condolences out. Oh, yes. Uh, damn. I'm getting old. I, I'm really getting old. Oh, what is my man's name? Dwayne Haskins. Yes. Dwayne Haskins. My apologies to the family and the loved ones of Dwayne Haskins to his untimely passing this past weekend. Uh, just just wanted to, from guys talking sports, just to, to send our love and support to the family, Dwayne Haskins, to the Ohio State family, and also to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, organization uh, where Dwayne was currently in South Florida training with his teammates for the upcoming season. It was a very sad situation that happened this past weekend. I'm sorry, last Saturday. And uh, just want to send our condolences. Man, man, definitely. That being said, uh, the NBA playoff games have kicked in. 
and we don't really care. <laughs> so with that being said, MLB has started. <laughs> before you do that, uh, before you do that, <laughs> um, <laughs> you funny. Um, I do got to say, but I, I do have to chime in in regards to, um, first off, to the firing of Frank Vogel and the Lakers. <clears throat> the LA Lakers letting go Frank Vogel. Um, I'm not going to jump on no soapbox because, quite frankly, I kind of think that it was really – it was unfortunate in regards to Frank Vogel. And I'm only going to say this because I, I, I keep harping this all the time. Anytime that the head coach is let go, you should also, by just my opinion, you should also consider the let go of – whoever was in charge of putting the roster together because that was a setup to fail. Sorry. Um, and I don't know who's the GM at the Lakers. Um, I think Rob Palenka is still running the organization. And if so he should be let go too, or held accountable just as much as Frank Vogel was. Um, Frank Vogel was the coach. Yes, but he didn't put this roster together. Bottom line. And if you really believe that, it was more of the coaching and not the roster, then I'm sorry, but there should be, you You really need to, to re-examine how you run a basketball organization. This roster was set up to fail from the jump. You cannot have a couple of alpha dogs and plus Anthony Davis, who was injury prone throughout this whole season, blame Rob, I mean, blame Frank Vogel for the roster that you currently have together. Hold sorry. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not to cut you off, but why is it uh why isn't he an alpha dog? <laughs> I no, I, 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 I mean when I said alpha dog, I meant in regards to LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Sorry. Oh, he so oh, oh so my, my apologies. He's a, he's a beta. <laughs> a beta. That's exactly what it is. You're exactly right. Um he's more like a gamma if you ask me, because he's always damn hurt. <laughs> There's also <laughs> TNT keeps saying a man in street clothes, but <laughs> I digress. My point, the point I'm saying is, is that I think overall, and I just I want to be real quick. The roster that they put together was not going to make it anywhere close to the NBA Finals, um, let alone making it to the playoffs, um, especially injury prone, um, my man. Um, so the point I'm making is, is that. Even though Frank Vogel was let go, um, Rob Palenka or whoever put the roster together should be held accountable as well. Not, and they should also be let go. Because if you can give him a break for putting the roster together, then you should give Frank Vogel a break. After he won a championship, mind you, with the Lakers not less than two years ago. So if you really believe that Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel wasn't able to coach this team and the reason why he was the reason why he should be let go, you should also blame Rob Palenka and whoever put that roster in charge. They should also be let go as well. That's my only thing I wanted to say about that. I concur 100% with you, Al. Um, Frank Vogel got the shaft. I don't, like you said, we don't agree with it. Yeah, and if you're going to fire the GM, fire the actual GM, LeBron James, no matter what he says. <laughs> um, but you can't fire him because you still got him under contract. Rob Palenka probably needs to go. And if Kurt Rambis and his wife has been, you know, giving their advice, 
mm-hmm. you know, that they need to go to. But um, yes, Frank Vogel won a chip, you know, at the bubble. All, all you know, all it'd be the bubble, um, but he's is still a chip um, mm-hmm. two years ago. So, but I said it, you know, the way they constructed the roster from the jump was bad. I mean, they brought LeBron James and thought they can just bring in a cast of people you know, like he did in Cleveland, you know, the second go round, um, really didn't work. They traded heaven and earth and their future for Anthony Davis. And I said, they shouldn't do it. I said, it was a bad move when he did it anyway, because he was injury prone before he got there mm-hmm. and thank the, you know, I guess you could thank God for the pandemic because they had three months off. <laughs> so that decreased Anthony Davis, you know, risk of getting injured. And he got through the bubble and they played and they won. But then the next very year, he gets injured. This year, they decided to bring on Russell Westbrook when they had other better options. Anthony Davis got hurt. Russell Westbrook acted like he didn't know how to shoot the ball. And LeBron James, father time, tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, you can't outrun me. And it's been injury prone. And Frank Vogel had a lot of crap to deal with. I hope he gets another coaching job somewhere and takes another team deep into the playoffs because – the way the roster is currently constructed, and I don't see how they're going to do anything to move Russell Westbrook, it's going to be the same core next year. You so know who I, wants to coach that team? And they're talking about Mark Jackson. If I'm Mark Jackson, I'll stay the hell away from there and stay in a commentator booth because you don't want no parts of that. Matter of fact, if I'm a coach, I wouldn't want no parts of coaching any team that has LeBron James on it. That's why, and that's exactly why Quinn Snyder, um, the Utah coach, was like, yo, like, I mean, after how they dealt with Frank Vogel, uh, he was like, I know he was, they were saying that rumors between him and Mark Jackson, but after what he did, I mean, after how they dealt with Frank Vogel, Quinn Snyder's like, why would I need to be a part of that? You know, and I granted that it's LA, granted it's the Los Angeles Lakers, granted it's LeBron James. I get all that, but you also have to understand that no coach is not going to want to be a part of something, especially a winning coach, if their number one is already winning with the team that they're at, and more importantly, that they can control the narrative. Lakers need to understand, Laker management needs to understand that you cannot, you can't have a coach that doesn't have, you're not going to have a successful coach or a coach that is have the experience of being successful if they don't have the leeway that they need to run the organization, to run the team. If you're always going to have your input, if management is always going to have their input, it's never going to be a win-win situation. Sorry. What I find most interesting, what we're not really talking about, is, well, Earl kind of talked, uh, touched on it, was... Uh, <clears throat> I know you two, uh, Al, uh, the GM LeBron, where all the castaways that he sent away are now all in the playoffs. Where if they would have sacrificed year one to say, okay, we might be crappy this year, and that would have been the bubble year. No, it would have been the year LeBron got hurt. Mm-hmm. The first year, if they would have sacrificed all that, came back, had the bubble, they might be in much better shape. You know, the only one that's not in the playoffs is Kuzma, but that's not because 
they just had some injuries in, in, in um, on the Wizards squad, but they had every opportunity to make the playoffs. Bradley Bill was out for the majority of their year. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when he was healthy, they were they were winning games. Correct. So you got to blame LeBron. You know, I can't sit there and say LeBron is the reason why, but you got to blame management for sitting there and casting away all that young talent. Mm-hmm. And that young talent is now leading teams to the playoffs. And and that's why I say about Rob Palenka, because you have to help have him. You got to have management held accountable for this. And now, not only did you do this, you your team didn't make the playoffs. You mortgage your whole future going forward because of the team that you currently have constructed. A team that has all you have: Dwight Howard, you have Carmelo Anthony, you have um, LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook. Besides that amount of talent, that amount of salary, you don't have no one else. And now you're scrounging for players to back up that, to be the bench, a bench right now that you don't have, which is one of the reasons why that you didn't make the playoffs to begin with. I mean, that is just bad management all around. Has nothing to do with the coach, has nothing to do with, I mean, to be honest, doesn't have everything to do with LeBron James, but Everyone is blaming the coach, and no one is holding the management accountable for the roster that they put together. A roster, mind you, that is going to be together for the next year and a couple of years down the road to the point where they're going to be looking at free agents that have either been waived or even been traded or rookies and start from scratch all over again. Rookies that they don't have only second-round draft picks instead of first-round draft picks. So you mortgage all of that. You set yourself up for failure down the road, especially if you don't win no more championships in the next couple of years. You set yourself up for failure. The only people that need to be held accountable is the management themselves. Fans can blame Frank Vogel if they want to, but quite frankly, it all comes down to the management who put the roster together and set it up for years to come. And I don't think anybody out there is really going to throw the Los Angeles Lakers a lifeline. I mean, they're probably looking at it like, nah, we're not going to help you. We're not going to take on that contract. Or if we take Russell Westbrook, you won't have to pony up 50 to 70% of that salary and we'll take the other cash. So no one's going to get throw them a lifeline. Um, a lot of teams, a lot of players are not going to throw LeBron James a lifeline. I mean, you know, he's been running rough shot over the league the last couple of years. And even though, you know, he, he was crying and complaining about the, the Golden State Warriors teams of Kevin Durant. I've heard secretly a lot of the people were kind of happy that the Golden State Warriors was was beating Mr. LeBron James. So, you know, all that being said, I'm, I'm with you, dude. It's a, it's a management, it's an ownership at acquiescing to LeBron James' demands. And I've said it before, wherever LeBron James goes, and he leaves, he leaves the organization worse off than when he got there. Correct. It makes, makes you wonder and scratch your temple why Magic was so, uh, all of a sudden was so gung-ho to make sure that LeBron got there. Then all of a sudden Magic is like, I think we'll go ahead and step down. Magic knew something. Magic was like, I'm not putting myself, you know, I'm not associating myself with whatever is going on here with the Lakers. Because, I, you know, I think Magic had a plan where he wanted to bring LeBron in or probably wanted to do it a different way. 
but LeBron being LeBron and everybody's like, you know, LeBron is the savior, LeBron is the king. We're going to kind of work within LeBron and how he wants to do things and see where it got him. And the thing about it is, I mean, and I, I don't, you know, the thing about it is, is that when you do bring LeBron in, you're also going to bring, it's going to want um, anybody from Clutch Sports, for example, or some of his friends that we know, for example, that is that will want to play with LeBron. And the problem with that is in doing that, you're giving up a lot of your youth in that in that realm. You're bringing in older veterans who, quite frankly, this is a changing of the, the guard now because these young rookies, these young people, these young talent is basically taking over. Um, quite frankly, no one is more of a prime example than Phoenix or or Memphis with John Moran because those are the top two teams in the league in the Western Conference and they're all young players so when you're doing that it's just like you said it's father time not just for LeBron James but for Carmelo Anthony Dwight Howard um Anthony Davis especially Russell Westbrook father time is catching up on all these players so when you set up a roster like this you have to have younger talent in there to help back up what you are trying to accomplish. And it's just like, and I, I, I keep harping, it's just the roster was a bad mix set up from the jump. Yeah. And the on what you say, you know, Ace, you know, a lot of young teams out there that that methodology worked for LeBron in, in Miami. Correct. I mean, he was a relatively young. That, that methodology worked for him in Cleveland the second go-around because he was still relatively young, but you had a prime Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and a lot of good talent there. But then once he got to Los, once he got to the Lakers, he was on that other side of young. <laughs> so to bring older players, more older than him, left your roster very old, and all young players he shipped out or had him shipped out to bring in people that worked well with him. But like you said, I, I mean, Ace, I mean, Ace, Magic probably wanted to do some things different, surround LeBron with some younger talent to be able to keep him going. But him and Rob Palenka and, you know, Rich Paul were probably talking to Jeannie Buss and they convinced her to go in a different direction. And when you bring in LeBron James to your team, you're under immense pressure to win now. Not two years, but now. And they got the chip, you know. All being saying, your future was gone. Um, but they got a chip, but I don't. I think that's it for them with the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't see how they get out of, out of that unless they trade Anthony Davis. And I don't. And I don't think people are going to be too eager to offer up a lot to get Anthony Davis. But all that being said, I would love to talk about Memphis. I would love to talk about Phoenix and anybody else beside the Lakers because they ain't in the playoffs. Oh well. <laughs> and we'll have plenty of time to sit there and discuss that. Once the real playoffs kicks off, yeah, I'm yeah. Saturday. <laughs> right. right now, you know, is this this crazy playing games, which aren't bad by no stretch of the imagination, especially when you have the Coach Carter remix and you got Minnesota <laughs> just doing what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just it's, it's all love and it's all gravy, you know what I'm saying? But uh, the real stuff starts this weekend, and we'll have plenty of commentary to sit there and discuss. Minnesota, you know, the, the Minnesota, the real winners of the chip. <laughs> you know what's so you know what's so crazy about that is the fact that they didn't even eliminate the Clippers; they just beat them. Clippers still have an opportunity to win the play-in game and still be in the playoffs. 
So, yeah. like, if you out of everything that you did, you probably added fuel to the fire for the Clippers. So, I'm very interested to see how they play tomorrow because if they win, they're in. Um, and if they don't, then, then, then Pat, Pat Beverly's celebrations would be kind of warranted. But all in all, I, I, it's not over. It's not over. And the, the memes and the responses from the NBA stars when Minnesota won that game is hilarious. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, you know, he's going into the Hall of Fame. He's the best trash talker ever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 I, like I can actually see if it was for the, if there was a, a a a best trash talker, he would definitely be top of all time, or at least right up in the top five. Yeah, in that <laughs> in that oh man, well, fellas, I think we've come up against our time, but. It's always a pleasure. We can sit there and, and end it on a on a nice laugh on the expense of the NBA. Um, so, fellas, where you can tell folks where they can go ahead and find you? You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and the Gram, J.E. Ross, number seven. You can find me in Minnesota's victory celebration and parade. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> I am on call. <laughs> well, I guess I could go ahead and say that I'm I'm Cat's uh, godfather to his two kids that he just had. Well, <laughs> 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 now you can find me on uh on Twitter, uh, that 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 lovely place at uh, uh Cat Daddy one nine six three. That's Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Cat Daddy, got it. <laughs> That's not with K A T, baby. <laughs> Love you, cat. This got away. Stand up. <laughs> oh man, oh man, folks. We really appreciate you guys tuning in, checking us out on all the various podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, I don't know, under a rock, picking up a seashell. Who knows where the hell you can listen to us. But you can find us somewhere, so there's no excuse if you sit there and say that we can't find you. Like I said, we're in a seashell. You can find us. I picked one up myself personally. I heard us. So there's no excuses. But anyway, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. If you have questions, concerns, hit us up. Let us know. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Hell, we even shout you out. Let us know. All right. So we're tuning out. Until next time, stay safe, stay positive, and start to enjoy some of this warm weather. God bless.